This year can't eat our shit for racist swaps of COVID. Escape with quarantine, so come with us if you want to live. It's time for season two, you know with who the dicks are back. So get your earballs up with Alex Shu and Zach Attack. Chicks flicks with dicks. Oh yeah, it's chick flicks with dicks. Oh yeah. Chicks flicks with dicks. You know it's chick flicks with dicks. And sometimes Krista. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Chick Flicks with Dicks. I'm your host, Zach Stein. With me, as always, co-host extraordinaire, Alex Schumacher. Maker. And other host, host ordinary? Yes. I feel like that's a slap. We'll go with I ordinary like for now. Oh, okay. Slappy ordinary. <laughs> Miss Krista Fanning. Krusta. Krusta. And we'd also like to welcome a special guest, Axel. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. For so excited to be here. First time, hopefully not last. We'll see how this goes. More from whether you like us or not, <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No, none at all. Long time listener, though, right? Mm-hmm. We are doing our special Valentine's Day episode. We finally decided to take on Valentine's Day. Let me just read a quick synopsis and then we can dive in. More than a dozen Angelinos navigate Valentine's Day from early morning until midnight. Three couples awake together, but each relationship will sputter. Are any worth saving? A grade school boy wants flowers for his first true love. Two high school seniors plan first-time sex at noon. A TV sports reporter gets the assignment to find romance in L.A. A star quarterback contemplates his future. Two strangers meet on a plane. Grandparents, together for years, face a crisis. And... An I-hate-Valentine's-day dinner beckons the lonely and the lied to. Can Cupid finish his work by midnight? That was written by Jay Haley at Hotmail.com on IMDb. It, I, I thought it was better than the one that actually belonged to the movie itself. All right, yeah. Let's, let's get one thing straight. Angelinos are Los Angeles citizens. Correct. See, it sounds like an Angelino is like a subunit of Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And if you got like enough of them together, they would become one Angelina Jolie. Is that like I all of her up. children? Maybe. Yes. They're Angelinos. Angelinos, Oh, fuck. Because they're citizens of her? Yes. Maybe. She's Mother Gaia. (laughs) All hail. (laughs) (laughs) Blessed be. I don't know what the correct, like, call and response should be for that one. Praise be. Praise be. Praise Angelino. Blessed be the fruit. Don't don't say that one. Blessed be the fruit. Oh, my God. I don't know. That sounds, that has, it rolls off the tongue so well, though. Do you know what it's from? I've never heard that before. Oh, it's it from The Handmaid's familiar. Tale. Oh. The what? The Handmaid's Tale? What's The Handmaid's Tale? That's a very popular show. Oh, like okay. Like a very, very popular um, so show. It's based on a book by Margaret Atwood, and it's basically the United States has devolved back into a theocracy led by religious leaders, and there are- Are these like, religious leaders male? Yeah, yeah. So there's also uh, think bonnets. There's like nuclear lots and waste, lots of bonnets. and then also the fertility rate has dropped down. So this government that overthrew the American government uh, has it. So there are commanders, which are basically the politicians, their wives, and then in their in their home is also a handmaid who is there to be raped every month until she gets pregnant, and it's based off uh, the story of Rachel and Leah from the Old Testament. Gotcha. Did you? I've seen the show. Oh. I love the show. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, now I know what it's about. <laughs> that was a pretty good synopsis, though. It that- was, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I Normally, he's the one that can pull that shit off. I, yeah, I rarely that was the incredible. To do, yeah. So I was just like, I'm just going to keep going. I kept looking around like. Are you no still one? mad about Seriously? Nancy? Who? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nancy. My hesitation to do this movie is because it's a large ensemble movie, and we did one of those as one of our first ones. Are we talking Love Actually? That's yeah. what it is. Yep, Love Actually. I was thinking yeah. like Christmas. Not story. that it was a bad movie. It was too long for me. I'm sorry. It's a dense movie. It's it's very dense. I thought the acting was fantastic. Storytelling was great. All that good stuff. But for me, I don't think that these movies should be longer than 90 minutes. Which okay. coming into this one was already sort of like a negative because yeah. it does have a runtime of just over two hours. It's like two hours and four minutes or yeah. something like that. When you have these large ensemble casts and it feels like a very regular thing in the early aughts yeah. through up until like 2013, 2012, 2013, they started falling off. Well, you yeah. had Love Actually. You had this movie. You had, uh, oh, what was that? Really- He's Just Not That Into You. There's also uh, New Year's Eve, which is. Same people. They tried to make a, a series. Mother's Day came out in 2016. That I was the latest one. Day. But there was like a four-year gap between yeah. one and a different one. So Gary Marshall is our director here. Gary Marshall also gave us Pretty Woman, Never Been Kissed, A League of Their Own, uh, The Princess Diaries, Runaway Bride, Princess Diaries 2. He also did New Year's Eve and Mother's Day. Yeah. And then a couple of the additional writers were also responsible for He's Just Not That Into You, which is very... Kind of similar to this. It's a large ensemble cast. Have you guys done that movie on the podcast? No. No. I enjoy the fuck out of that movie. So my issue with these large ensembles is... So when we say large ensemble... So I'm just going to run through like some of the cast real quick. Yeah. We've got Julia Roberts, Jamie Foxx, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Patrick Dempsey, Jennifer Garner, Topher Grace, Queen Latifah, Taylor Lautner. Taylor Swift. George Lopez, Shirley MacLaine, Ashton Kutcher, Hector... Elizondo, uh, amongst others. Like, there are other people who show up through this. So, it's a huge cast. Anytime they do this, that means that there's going to be a lot of different stories going on simultaneously that just happen to weave in and out of each other. It's all very forced. Between that plus the runtime, I was just very hesitant to try another one of those. Now, with that, I would like to approach today a little differently than we have some others, just because it is hard to run down storylines. What we're going to do instead is first, we're going to start with Axel. I've got a couple of questions just so that we can kind of set a baseline. Dun, dun, dun. First off, when someone says chick flick, what's the first film that pops into your head? Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, nice. I mean, it popped in my head. doesn't mean it's my favorite. Sure. No, no, that's that's totally fine. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Are there any must-haves for you for a film to be co- considered part of the chick flick genre? Well, romantic tension of some kind. Okay. Somebody gets together at the end slash happy ending. Generally. Generally. Because usually chick flick's like a feel-good thing. Like, oh, no. And then, oh, and then, oh. Happy ending, whatever. Perfect synopsis. <laughs> and then we're gonna have um, to like capture that and just that's gonna be a clip that we just play for all of them from now on. That could be, be on your <laughs> That could yeah. be a transition. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> we can actually do it for each moment of the film that we're breaking down. And then there has to be at least three songs that are feel good music Ooh. of some kind. I like that. Yeah. And then lastly, now you said that the first thing that pops into your head is Sweet Hope Alabama. What is your all-time favorite chick flick? Am I allowed to have two? Sure. So Mamma Mia and then The Notebook for two very different reasons. Yeah, because they're two very different (laughs) movies. The, oh no, aw, aw, are very different in those (laughs) films. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) so Mamma Mia is the, the first thing, right? The, oh no, oh, uh, oh, uh, kind of. 
Well, it's like a oh, oh no, oh. There is oh. a big, a big, big oh no when he gets kidnapped by in that. the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Notebook is more of like the reverse. It's like the movie oh. ends with oh no. Yeah, yeah. It was like it does. It was like oh. See, I think it's a. Oh, I think it's a no. Oh. Like yeah. I think it's a, a sweet oh. Mine's yeah. a, oh no. Isn't it her driving away? It's like a happy set. Oh no. No, it's oh, them no. dying. Have you seen <laughs> it? Okay, you just gave like- a spoiler. He's never seen it. Krista. It's fucking 2022. It's <laughs> fair. Listen, I know there's a Nicholas Sparks about movie. Chick flicks. I know there's You're- an. Uh, to expand my horizons, Krista, not to have them spoiled. <laughs> Will you remember by the time we get there? Yeah, probably not. But I just know there's a <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Sparks movie where it ends with one someone driving away. It might be the Miley Cyrus one. Remember me. I think that one. Oh, the one where he dies and she's like going through the different yeah, no- and letters like, and stuff? Yeah, and then she like moves or like drives away. That could be. I don't remember yeah. that I mean, one it's much. It's like a new beginning. I didn't really like it because it was not a happy chick flick. Now there's notebook, but here we are. Yeah, but that's more. Okay, let me get to my reasons why because okay. I think that's the next question. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So my reasons why were ABBA for M- Mamma Mia. I so grew up with ABBA. immediately there are three feel-good songs. So that Duh. fulfills that requirement. ABBA's like 90% feel-good. Yeah. Um, and then also it was filmed in Greece ish islands i don't remember where it was at but it's greece ish i also like it's beautiful. really pretty yeah um and then the notebook ryan gosling beautiful <laughs> i know he's like greece <laughs> yes he, <laughs> if <laughs> there are very few actors that like embody greece you know and and he is one of them so right i get it right um <laughs> it's a sweet movie but it's also weird a little bit here and there um and then also they're dying together so they didn't have to live without their soulmate so you know, like they're one, selfish, and they're like one did one. slightly longer than the other one, though. Mm, no, really, one of them had dementia, and then they both died together in the bed. Hmm. Spoilers. You're welcome. <laughs> Still worth a watch. Imagine so. If you want to cry, Only because sometimes I do just want to. Him and Rachel McAdams together are just so fucking good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. They had really good chemistry, and he plays a really sweet, weird guy. But usually Ryan Gosling plays sweet, weird guys, so it's kind of his thing. I always mistake him for Army Hammer, and I don't know why. Um, I don't know who that is. Well, he doesn't eat people. people, You what? I said, well, well, he doesn't eat people. Who, Army Hammer? That we know of. Oh, okay, yeah. That we know of. I would forgive him. (laughs) I would let Ryan Gosling eat me. Ryan, would you like some bacon? (laughs) Yeah, Army Hammer. Korean barbecue? Who's that? (laughs) Yes, please. <laughs> Let's at least dive in a little bit to what the story is about. It starts out and it opens up with Ashton Kutcher waking up next to Jessica Alba, his girlfriend, and he proposes to her. What's her name? Morley? Morley. That's not her name. Mo- isn't it? Mancy. Mancy. Yes. Just as bad as Morley. <laughs> she had a twin sister named Leslie. <laughs> it rem- so Fuck you. <laughs> First off, all this movie reminded me is that I love seeing Ashton Kutcher in film, and I wish he was doing more with that. Although, I have to say, I understand why he has stepped back and, like, with what he's doing now. Isn't he stopping, like, human trafficking? Yes. Uh, (laughs) A much, much greater purpose. I get it, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. I would love to see him on screen again, though. Like, at some point. We can go start it again. That's true. I mean. He got to marry Mia Kunis. He's got the high score right now. He's good. He doesn't need to do high score. Are they still together? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're married. They have kids. Well, I knew that. And they don't bathe them. Yeah, it was weird that it opened with the proposal. I guess that so that's one of the couples that wakes up and you're like, oh, okay, cool. But you also know 
this is just the beginning. Literally, it's like the first 30 seconds. Yeah. We also then cut and we are introduced to Bradley Cooper and Julia Roberts on the plane. Julia Roberts is dressed in military guard. I loved that whole interaction. Like oh, every yeah. time that it cut back and forth to them, I thought that was fantastic. It was mostly from Bradley Cooper. There was some reciprocation between mm-hmm. them, but you could tell that they both had the objective of their interaction was not each other it wasn't necessarily like oh she's hot oh he's hot Mm -hmm. i wonder what no it was very much true connection at a level that is not romantic and i liked that because i think sometimes you miss that in yeah in these valentine's movies in these big ensemble movies well not romantic intimate yes exactly that there are different types of intimacies and i i i appreciated that i also really liked that julia roberts ended up not being one of the main love stories Mm -hmm. you know this was a really fun easy kind of role for her she had about 250 words in the entire script half of them laughing that are that are on on camera yep which is also her character's confirmed kill count (laughs) (laughs) we also see oh who else do we see we see uh Jessica Biel? No, not her. We do see Jessica Biel, but that's you not her. You see her later, about. though. Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner yeah. wakes up as well the same morning with McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy, Patrick Dempsey. They are have been together for a while, and then we come to find out that her character is best friends with Ashton Kutcher's character. So that's how they tie together. Oh, we also get McSteamy in this. He is the professional football player that was mentioned. Yep. He's a 35-year-old quarterback. He is also noted as the oldest quarterback in the league, to which I laughed out loud because today we have Tom Brady. He's 65 years old. (laughs) And looks amazing. Yeah, he looks like he's 29. He's having a better season than when he was 29. (laughs) We also have Emma Roberts, which we just saw in (laughs) our Christmas special that we just recorded. I'm still trying to determine what if that probably will drop after this because we'll we'll do it for like a Christmas in, insert month for the movie that we did for our Christmas special. She was an a, like full grown adult, you know, like of thirty, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in this, she's a high school student. She is the one who is trying to plan what time her and her boyfriend will have sex for the first time on Valentine's Day, which apparently was noon o'clock. High noon. It's the best time for anything. <laughs> We also see Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift. Thank you. Miss T. Swizzle um, in her movie debut. They were dating at the time. Uh, And they have the number 13 written everywhere. I was like, oh, look at that. Good product placement, I suppose. Uh, I bet that was, I guarantee it was in her contract. Oh, 100%. (laughs) He's going to wear the number 13. I'm going to write it on my hand. We're going to have it everywhere. She was more of a And then we also have, yeah, oh, definitely. They were just there because they were friends of Emma Roberts and her boyfriend who was trying to do it. She was a subplot of already established subplot. They were my favorite, though. Oh, sure. Like, straight up. That's my favorite storyline. It's so dumb. What was your favorite about it? They both throw themselves into their roles hard. Like, they are just having the time of their fucking lives being these stupid high school students that just want to make out all Oh, you the mean time. Taylor and Taylor? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant Emma Roberts and her boyfriend no, who, like, that, were trying to... Okay. No, that was fine. Taylor and Taylor, favorite storyline. I think it was great because of Taylor Swift. Yes, 100%. She is phenomenal. Yeah, she sold it for all two and a half minutes she was on, on screen. Uh, we are also introduced to Anne Hathaway, Topher Grace... And Queen Latifah. So they're not a threesome. Should be. Although that would be interesting. 
But we have Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway waking up. They're the uh, third couple that wakes up together. She's taking his picture with a Polaroid camera. They've only been dating for a couple of weeks, but you can tell that there's something there. Like yeah. the, the spark there feels legit. It, in fact, with her waking up over top of him, like taking that picture... It seemed fun and playful. I thought that they had been together longer than just a couple of weeks yeah. initially until yeah, they said it. Yeah, it pretty secure. They happen to work at the same place. Yeah. He's like a the mail delivery person for the office building or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she is the assistant for Queen Latifah, who is a... Is she an agent? Yes. Is that what she was? She's a sports agent. And okay. Anne Hathaway is her like substitute assistant. Gotcha. Okay. We come to find out that Anne Hathaway also moonlights as a... What did she call it? Adult phone entertainer? So a phone sex operator. Why don't they call it phonication? <laughs> or a phonicator. Missed opportunities. And I think that that's another fun one to run down. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, pretty much it. Oh, no, no. We get Jamie Foxx, who is a the local sportscaster. Yeah. And Kathy Bates is his producer, who's basically like, I need you to find a good story. And then Jessica Biel is the quarterback's lead uh, publicist. She is friends with... Jennifer Gardner, who is best friends with Ashton Kutcher. And every year, Jennifer Beale's character throws a... Basically, it's like an anti-Valentine's Day party. It's a, like a broken hearts club. Yeah. Which is lame. Valentine's Day is just like so much higher energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also called it the I Hate Valentine's Day party. I feel like that was a filler when they were writing yeah. the script. Yep. And, and they then they just, just never it. they just never got back to it. Yeah. Or somehow yeah. it just made it through all the rewrites and the... Yeah. They're like, oh, no, no, we'll put something in there. I'm yeah. fine with that, though. I did also enjoy the invitation where she, like, hovered her mouse over the RSVP to reveal that nobody was coming. And then she cried. Yeah. Oh, and George Lopez. George Lopez paid... George Lopez played the delivery driver for the floral shop. He was sort of like the buddy that... Yeah. You know, Ashton Kutcher would bounce dialogue off of regularly. I really enjoyed that relationship between the two of them. I, I wanted more of it. I would actually watch a movie of just them. The chemistry in this movie is insane. Like, especially after Holiday. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody that interacts has fucking great chemistry with each other. Yeah. Like, the casting on Good job, guys. Well, they casted everyone in Hollywood. I mean... I mean, yeah. Not necessarily everyone. I think they, they truly casted some of the best available. A lot of people were approached for different roles in this. Sure. Like Sandra Bullock turned down the role that Julia Roberts was ended up she's doing. She's probably too okay. busy filming The Blind Side at the time. I think Julia Roberts and Bradley had a much better chemistry. Yeah. Because they're both easygoing, relaxed, ad-libbing, like, flirtatious type people. Yeah. They also both knew that they were not interested in each other. They might not have known about, that, about the other person. They knew they were like, well, I mean, I'm not really trying to impress her. She wasn't really trying to impress him. So it was all very natural for me. Yeah. Jennifer right. Aniston and Jodie Foster also turned down the role. Julia Roberts' role or mm -hmm. different roles? Uh, yeah, Jodie Foster wouldn't have fit very well. I thought when I saw Julia Roberts and the role she was playing, I was concerned because sometimes she can be very up. You know, like her energy level can be way up here. And I was impressed to see her sort of withdrawn a bit, you know, a little more controlled yes i really enjoyed it i bet bradley cooper would not have been the male opposite though if jennifer aniston or jodie foster or someone yeah. did it, it would have been someone else I, and you know what i don't know if i would have thought to pair them together well and i think one of the reasons being is because they don't end up together <laughs> you yeah. know like they aren't it was yeah. never supposed Fair. to be a, yep. an intimate relationship of sexual nature yeah it was just or that, romantic nature yeah it was that intimate relationship of just people meeting chick fucks and dicks
let's see. I would like to go through, because there's so much going on here, what I'd like to do is just kind of go through and ask what moment stood out to you. Like, if you were to pick one of these plots, one of these storylines, which one struck a chord with you and why? I feel like I'm thinking too long because nothing really comes to mind. Same. Well, I really can't honestly think of anything that I solidly really identify with or one that even really sticks out too much. Really, the only one that does stick out to me is both the Bradley Cooper and uh, Lee Roberts one, only because they that one meeting between them, them as a couple, means nothing. And that's what made that one stand out. And it seemed genuine. The interaction yes. seemed genuine. Yes. I, I like your point. That not necessarily that it doesn't matter. I think it does matter. It's, I think it's pivotal because he helps her make it home on time. Mm -hmm. Remember, she only has, what, like 13 hours or something like that? Yeah. Like one day. He doesn't know what, what relationship she's getting back to. Mm -hmm. I wrote down, I think that all of the endings here paid off. Yeah. You know, when you have these movies where the stories are all weaved together, you start at these endpoints and they come together and then they all finish separately. Yeah. I felt like every single one of them paid off. Like, I was actually rooting for the people in this. I thought that the pacing of this helped that. Even though it was two hours long. The pacing was good. I was okay with it. I think a, a little could have been cut. They probably could have got it down to like an hour 45. All in all, I was pleased with it. So we get the payoff though. Yes. Because of that relationship, we come to find out. They land. And she's only going to be there for one day. And then she has to go back. Bradley Cooper has a car waiting for him. And he finds her getting her bag and she's very flustered and frustrated and it's because there are no cabs there are no the the yeah. shuttle is taking too long like so now she has to go to the rental car place and he gives her his his car and says look i've got the driver it's already paid for you tell him where you need to go he'll take you there doesn't matter where just sort of like wishes her luck and there was this tr real chemistry and this true genuine piece to it and then we come to find out that she's going home to see her little boy who is the grandchild of Oh, I guess that was the other couple that I missed were, were the grandparents. Yeah. Which we have Shirley MacLaine and Hector Elizondo. So Hector is, he played the... Concierge. Bell the Hop. concierge. Yeah, the concierge. That helps uh, Julia Roberts' character in that. And then he's also the driver for The Princess Diaries. Bodyguard, with, isn't it? With Anne Hathaway. That, yeah. They are the elderly couple in this that have been together for almost... 40 years? 50 years? I can't remember what they're supposed to be celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, that, that's Valentine's Day. Exactly. So, Actually, that um, the Julia Roberts story did ha have a less of a payoff in a sense. Because at the very beginning of the movie, when you're told, like, oh, his mother's gone. Oh, he loved making cards with his mom, and he's sad. And so you think, oh, this kid's mom is dead. Like, it's just an easy assumption to make. And then it turns out, oh, no, not really, because she's back. So either they didn't tell that kid that their mom was coming, and he had no time to emotionally prepare for that. Or that whole scene of him making cards by himself. Like, because, you know, he always, him and his mom do on Valentine's Day, so he's sad. Your mom's going to be back in, like, 12 hours. You should be excited, regardless of, you know, what you're not doing at the time. I think they didn't tell him. Well, then they didn't give him most, enough time to emotionally prepare for his mom. Going, I mean, uh, he's coming home. six years old. Yeah. Seven years old? Yeah, How much emotional him. preparation can a seven-year-old do? As someone who's raised a seven-year-old recently, I would say the emotional preparation is very limited and well, like, short time windows. Things could happen that could prevent her from like getting that it's leave. It's supposed to sure. be a surprise. She's traveling on a sure. holiday. Like. Yeah. And so like, I don't know if I was the grandparents and like there was a chance she was going to come home. I don't want to tell him because that is the letdown he should not have to deal with. So it wasn't Jodie Foster I was thinking of. I was thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, also very funny. Yeah. Yeah. I've only seen her in serious roles. You haven't seen the Lindsay Lohan Freaky Friday? 
Yeah, but I kind of forgot about lies? it. True Lies is yeah, no. Oh, True Lies is great. So good. Okay, anyone else? Anyone have one that wasn't that? Oh, and then the Bradley Cooper piece, I guess we could talk about. You know, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, Polaroid was kind of cool. That was the second most genuine to me. Yeah. Yeah, with Anne, Anne Hathaway. Hathaway. That uh-huh. one's my favorite, I think. Taylor and Taylor are my favorite, but this one was my actual favorite. And mostly because Anne Hathaway, I think she brought more to it than What's-His-Face. But Toby. yeah, it had more of her in it, though, like more of her. Like, oh, for sure. Phone call stuff. For sure. I also think we don't get a lot of stories, like love stories about the period of time between like when you first, very first start dating and you're serious. Mm-hmm. And like that's a super scary time. The weird, just, awkward vulnerability aspect. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I want this to move forward, I have to risk things and is it going to be worth it? And I think I think it's a hard story to tell and they found a very good way to tell it in a 24-hour time period because that's not a thing that takes 24 hours. Yeah, definitely. It is if you force it. If you force it, it generally just doesn't last longer. Oh, sure. Any others that stand out? Uh, th- those were my top two. Uh, one that stood stood out, I'm not saying it was good by any means, but <clears throat> the one with uh, Julie Roberts' parents with the old couple uh, it just seemed they go from what? Let's say they were married for forty-one years. So they go forty-one years, and then in one day they go. By the way, I've been lying to you this whole time. I had an affair at one point, or were they together? Or was they were he together. Away? He he was, was working. Working. Okay, so it was a full-blown affair. Okay, so she tells him with that his business partner. And I was actually expecting him to go make the unexpected call of like, you know, honey, it was so long ago. Blah, 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 love conquers all, or something like that. But he got mad about it and walked away, which, understandable. Uh, but that, by the end of the day, that was resolved. And that made me mad. Well, yeah. first off, they don't have much time left on this earth. So, <laughs> you know, they kind of got to push that a little bit. Here, Second, I don't think he necessarily, it's not, I don't think he moved out or anything. He he was upset. Like, no, I get he's going to walk I, away. I, I, get I think that. for me, it felt, it feels super rushed. Like if you, they, they were dancing in front of the screen and everything, yeah. so it, it makes me feel like that whole thing has been resolved by the way that they presented it. But like, if you start the movie instead with that reveal already happening and they're working through it, I think it feels more genuine. Than... And then we have a two and a half hour movie that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that the older couple who have been together uh-huh. for a very long time probably have a more secure established relationship minus this one bit that I could see them overcoming it a little bit quicker. So doesn't mean that it's resolved as much as, okay, this moment is resolved, but we still got shit to work through. Sure. Like, yeah. We're not seeing tomorrow. Well, they could have clarified that. Like, you're not off the hook, but I'd still love you. Something. I, I right, also think right. something. part of the reason this stands out to me as more jarring is they do a really good job with other relationships setting up like precedent and history and giving us a few clues to let us know where they are. Like Ashton Kutcher, his story starts and you can tell from the beginning he proposes this girl, but it's it's not right. So like they do a really good job of that. And the old people's story is still really good. Like I, I don't dislike it. I think that is one of the few missteps in how these characters are written. Maybe there's stories on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Yeah. And like it needs to be because I agree with you. Like I don't want a longer version of this. Let's look at the special features. Seems like it just has a yeah, yeah. resolved story. He died. <laughs> so when I also say like uh, favorite 
plot or storylines. I really did enjoy the Ashton Kutcher one. Uh-huh. I I sort of removed that because I felt like that was truly the A storyline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it was the first one, but it also that's also the last one. You know, if you actually look at the end, like uh, him and his best friend ending up together. And that's the whole moment with George Lopez telling him like, oh, it was easy. I married my best friend. It's like, duh. You know, that's kind of handed to you. It's also kind of the central one. Yeah. Like most of the relationships are based on them. Well, everyone goes to the flower shop at one point in time and Ashton Kutcher runs yeah, the flower shop. Yeah, and then uh, Jennifer Garner teaches every child in Los Angeles. <laughs> She's a great teacher. Like every time she shows up somewhere, they're like, oh, my kid loves your class. They own a lot of restaurants in that class. That's all I'm saying. Were there any standout moments to you? Anything in this movie that stuck with you? It could be just a quick funny moment where you're like, that's fucking hilarious. It could be a, wait, what? Queen Latifah being an African queen. Oh, that was fantastic. Fuck. <laughs> when she answered the, the sex phone line. Mm-hmm. They knew how to <laughs> use her. What was his her? name? Vladimir? Yeah. 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 For the 37 minutes that they paid her to be on set, they used her very well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she, def- she killed that. Any others? Taylor Swift's dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was glorious. That was good. I'm sure she totally made that up. It had yeah. a, no one choreographed on that for it. It was literally like, a, just do your thing, girl. They <laughs> didn't give her a script. They're like, you're going to know what to do. I feel like they didn't have a script at all. Like, yeah, ever. that's fine. Not, not just in the dance scene, just all along the way. Which is how you know that she didn't get paid for this. She just let them use her song for free. She just wanted to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought the piñata thing was kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, that was yes. Good. I have that here. The screenshot right there. If you're thinking, this is 2010. And in that era, we've got Jennifer Gardner mm-hmm. just whooping the shit out of that piñata, that giant heart-shaped piñata with a baseball bat. And she does like this twirl with the bat beforehand. A lot. She twirls a lot. That She's real good me, at it. <laughs> reminds me very much of like when she did Electra and when she did Alias. I was like, yeah, girl, that, that training, <laughs> like that's there. And then you have Jessica Biel sitting off to the side. But that's that shot right there that sort of sets up. It's like a mid-range shot with one sitting off to the right. And she's uh, – Jennifer Gardner is right in the middle. And it's like there's so much power in that one moment. Yeah. And especially between these two women who Jessica Biel had also just done Blade Trinity. You know, she's proven herself as like a badass. I'm like, these two women could whoop the shit out of anybody. (laughs) And I'm just like. Well, don't forget the Indian uh, wedding that was happening next door. (laughs) Not even next door. It was in the same room. The other side of the room. Going on at the same time. I I feel like it should have been at, if it was at like an I2 hall or something, it would have the accordion door between it. That was just missing at this Indian restaurant that was hosting it for him. Yeah. That was really funny because there's a Indian wedding here and then there's the Valentine Day hater party going on like 15 feet away from oh, them. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be just a couple wax and it would, you know, break. <laughs> she fucking goes ham on that. It, it was a solid like 15 seconds of her <laughs> swinging that bat. After the candy fell. Oh, oh yeah. And then she continued. Even <laughs> it wasn't after. about the candy. No. And the Indian guests, some of them were cheering her on. Yes. Yeah. Some of the some of the women were cheering yeah. her on, which I loved. <laughs> because we'd already had that comment from the mom to the little girl about, you know, don't worry about Valentine's Day. One day your father and I are going to find you a good Indian boy. And Oh, Franklin. <laughs> that kid was awesome. Fucking the Franklin. Kid. Franklin. So we, don't hate on the kid who doesn't like a bear head. Julia Roberts. <laughs> Fair. Little boy. Through this whole thing, he's like, he wants to get flowers for his first love, which we come to find out is his teacher, uh, which is Jennifer Gardner's character. That was good. Uh, but he's on the soccer team. And is, so is Emma Roberts his babysitter then? 
I yes. she has to be babysitter not, or sister. Okay. I don't Which one? No, no, no. It would have to be babysitter because her mom's different than Julia yeah, Roberts. Right, exactly. So babysitter. Oh, and he does say when he shows up to the Valentine's Day haters party to give her the flowers with Ashton Kutcher that my my babysitter's downstairs because Emma Roberts had showed up. That's even weirder that the babysitter admitted that she was planning sex to the little kid's grandparents. Yeah. 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 There has to be more of a connection there that we just didn't get. Maybe on the cutting room floor. I think she's honestly just supposed to be a teenage girl who has no filter. Because she, she tells her teacher, too. But Nails she played it. like the exact same character in Holiday. No filter. At 30, just, yeah. yeah. Maybe yes. that's just her thing. This is canonical, this character's life. Yeah, oh, it's I mean, the same could, person. time at noon. We could like kind of like fill in the backstory that like the grandparents babysat her, maybe? Oh, maybe. Yeah. And that's how she feels comfortable with that? Either yeah. that or she's just... Shock factor, maybe? That could yeah. be it. So the little boy, he plays soccer. And there's this kid, Franklin, who's the goalie. He mentions the Chicago Cubs, so he's one of the best parts of this movie. He does? Yeah, the very beginning. When, no, uh, the, I thought the kid did, not Franklin. Wait, who's Franklin? Franklin's the goalie that's on the little boy's hat team. Boy. The kid yeah, with the hat. He, and he would like pull his shirt up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the same kid who pulled his shirt in class. Who said that like Valentine's Day was when something something happened in the, the, sh- yeah, the yeah, Chicago yeah. Yeah. Valentine's Day massacre and then they cursed the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Then Chicago burned down and then they cursed the Chica- a goat cursed the Chicago Cubs. That was the same one. Yes, yeah, because yeah. oh, remember okay. he would flip his shirt up because he didn't like not wearing hats. And then she said, "Take off your hat." Axel pointed that, out. and he did, and put his shirt over his head because he doesn't like a bare head. Oh, bare head. Yeah. Bare head. Yeah, I went the wrong way with that. <laughs> I was like, "Which way did you go? Tell me in detail." Like a giant stuffed teddy bear. Get head. closer to the mic. Oh, that's exactly what I was oh, thinking. I, I want to hear it. No, no. Oh. So, but anyways, so he's the goal, the goalie, and he's talking to the little, the little boy. He's like, "What's wrong with you?" And the little boy's like, "I'm in love." And Franklin just keeps egging him on about something. I don't know. And I was yeah. just like, "Fuck you, Franklin." <laughs> <laughs> well, he's. He catches one goal and he's like, not in Franklin's house. That and was then, during warm-ups. And then the next scene. Not even during the game. He has a shirt over his head. And then, and then when this, the game starts, the easiest goal. he gets scored on. Fucking Franklin. <laughs> the easiest goal. The one walking it in right next to him. Like, you only got scored Franklin. on because Blondie, the little boy Blondie, what's his name? Kevin? Blondie. No, Connor? No, the, the one that's in love with teacher. I don't fucking know. I thought <laughs> so, it was Connor. The main uh, child. Costco, J- Jake Lloyd. No, it was Edison. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> It's only because Edison was distracted. That's the only reason why Franklin got scored on. Franklin had his shirt over his head. But Edison could have stopped it. Edison could have stopped it. He but the goalie could have had his eyeballs out. Bad Franklin's prosper. friend Edison did not have his back. Fair. Fair. Fuck you, Edison. But also <laughs> fuck Franklin. Were there any moments in this that made you go, what the fuck? I don't think I had a what the fuck moment. Like a, oh, what is wrong? No, I had a, oh, shit moment, which was when Emma Roberts' boyfriend was in her bedroom. They were try- planning to have sex that on Valentine's <laughs> Day at noon. And he got there before her. He snuck into her house. And like had flowers and shit. He brought a toy for the dog to like distract it. It was then, a smart kid. Didn't work though. It did. And then he brought flowers to the room. But he didn't do the rose petals. He just dropped the roses in places. <laughs> Thorns and all. He put a single rose on a pillow, petals everywhere else. And then he brought his guitar. And I was like, oh, this kid is going places. Like, college <laughs> is going to be great for him. And that's about it. Um, <laughs> no, because he left the thorns on the flowers. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and so then 
he starts he gets out his guitar he's starting to warm up and he's like taking more and more clothes off as he's warming up <laughs> because he's holding the, the guitar in front of the mirror because he's getting sweaty is why oh is that why it is no. oh he's I just trying to be sexy i thought, I thought he was, he was like he was holding the guitar and it he, like you could see his shorts he's like no nah, and then you could see his boxers and he was like nah, and they, so he ends up just naked behind the guitar would that make you uncomfortable if you walked into a room with a naked dude and a guitar. Okay, first of all, they're dating. Okay, fine. Listen, if I walked into my bedroom and my boyfriend was naked with a guitar singing me a song he wrote, I would be very uncomfortable. I and probably- I don't know if that's because of me. I'm. It's got to be because of you because I'm fully aroused just thinking okay. about Dustin doing that. <laughs> Listen, it's not a slight As against... your significant other, Listen, not mine. it's not a slight against Dustin. Like, if I had to pick a guy to no, do it... No, the guitar slides on the neck of the guitar. A, it's just... I'm deeply uncomfortable with being serenaded. I think that's is, what it is. is this because a you get the attention. For you? Do you not no, like just attention? Like in general, I love attention. Have you just don't like being sung to? Yeah, like very specifically. How often has this happened? Not in your very life? often, but did, I'm terrified did, that it will. Did you have trauma as a child with being sung to? No, it just makes me like the idea makes me very it has uncomfortable. To come from somewhere. <laughs> it has to. I don't know what it is. It's the. It comes from the exact same place that the fear of like quicksand comes from. You know, where it's just it's not applicable to actual adulthood. Like this doesn't happen. It's not a thing. Probably have more often than quicksand. Possibly. I'm maybe. Fun fact. You don't know. Dustin yeah. got stuck in quicksand once. He almost died, but you know he's Dustin. He's indestructible. He just yeah. found a door anyway. at the bottom to a different dimension. No, right? no, they, they called the fire department. Like four guys had to pull him out. The What's the fire department going to do? They're going to spray water at They him? have ladders. No, throw him a hose. Oh, boy, he took the ladder. You throw no, him a hose. Flat, he holds flat. it. Pull him out. Wait, no. Where why, was this? Why doesn't he hold Pekin. the hose? There was quicksand in Pekin? Yeah. I think that's called a sinkhole, not quicksand. <laughs> I think I think it's called suit, like soot. <laughs> he, yeah. he used to work for his uncle's excavation company and they were doing like a septic thing or whatever and he stepped in some dirt and it just started pulling him under. Sure it wasn't like a septic zombie? Listen, I wasn't there. According to him, it was quicksand. Here's the thing. this is exa- I think he's lying because exactly what would happen is the fire department would throw the hose at him. He would hold on to the hose and then they'd uh, put it on full blast so he would like rock it out of there. Listen, maybe I misunderstood his story. Rocket Rocket Again, I wasn't there. But yes, I'm just as scared of that happening as I am someone singing to me naked. Duly noted. When I play Listen. a bard, I'm bringing my guitar. And I am explicitly... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my harmonica. Are you, are you going to pull a Jenna? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Listen, if you want to show up in our dining room naked for all of our friends, that's fine. It's going to put on a show. I'm going to put on a show. Listen, I'm scared of being the only person in the room when it happens. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm. You're okay. afraid of it being intimate. Yes. Okay. I'm scared of that specific. That, that's a whole musical thing. musical intimacy. Yes, I don't like it. <laughs> what about like a freestyle rap from like an like early '90s anti-drug campaign style? How about you try right now. I can't. Damn it. Spoken <laughs> we'll word. Never know. Does spoken word count? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm com- uncomfortable for very different reasons right now. Oh boy. So that was my what. Oh, shit moment. Because then her mom walks in instead of her and sees him naked in her daughter's room practicing this guitar Cover your and this song that he had made for her daughter that he was about to deflower. 
I guess finding out uh, what's his face was married was kind of like a uh, kind of oh, thing. Patrick Dempsey's character, yeah. Who slides on that wedding ring? I didn't see the wedding ring part. I just saw when he walked into the other house and I was like, oh, he's married. Yeah. Right before he walked in the house, uh, between his car and the house, he slipped on his wedding ring. Oh, yeah. And then the McSteamy and Bradley Cooper piece. Oh, yeah. It, that was like a, oh, shit. Like, that yeah. was a, that type of oh, shit. It was Not the, a, so oh, good shit. for each was, other. Exactly. Yeah. It, was, it was the ending stinger. Oh, so Bradley Cooper is actually gay. The, oh. And actually gay. Which is why he could. Well, the character, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> In real life? Even if he was. Oh. Like, I'm salty he didn't go for a kiss. Yeah. Probably, I mean, didn't, it was, pay, probably didn't pay him enough. It was they ran out of budget. Like, it's not going to happen, but it should have happened. Uh, yeah. and, and that's the reason that him and Julia Roberts' character didn't yep. have that romantic piece to it, which I think that they were obviously trying to lay the groundwork to hint to try to get people to go that way with him but i think it paid off still because then we also have the professional quarterback the big thing with him is they're always talking about how old he is and that he just needs to retire uh he ends up having a press conference to just basically announce that he's he's gay and that's it i feel like that might be part of the reason that he uh his stats had gone down a little bit and that like people were giving him a hard time because his stats were going down there attributing it to age he was attributing it and according to his message to you know when you get older and into this profession, you you end up retiring because you want to spend more time with the family and all this. He's like, I don't have that. Like, football is what I have. And I've not been able to have the type of family that I want because of that. Yeah. And I think a big piece of that is because he's had to hide a lot of who he is. And so him having that moment of clarification with the public of, oh, no, I'm not retiring. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that I'm gay. Yeah, I didn't see it as like him trying to swindle the public or try to get like a new job necessarily. No, it was, it was no, more it was like him getting his boo back. It was it, yeah. yes. I guess that's something that we missed earlier. Is in the beginning we did see the toothbrush getting thrown away in his mm-hmm. place, right? And that was it. So it hinted at an end of a relationship from something because you don't keep mm-hmm. toothpaste. Or he was hiding the fact that someone was over. I was going to say I'm pretty yeah, sure it, I thought it was a one night stand. Yeah, gotcha. but because like there's been other movies where like the Playboy like has the drawer of like clean toothbrushes and stuff. But it being in it's the container. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you saying you're a Playboy Alex? No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> Alex opens a drawer and there's just tons of toothbrushes. I thought I had a couple, but I don't think so anymore. <laughs> oh, it's because I got used. Gross. But that makes more sense, though, that the toothbrush was in the cup. Because yeah. if she or he or whatever had just spent the night, it probably would have been like used and then thrown away or taken. So it makes sense. But then, you know, that's probably... Like you said, that's probably why he came out is so that he could have a public relationship. Yeah, yeah. and which then is why also, Bradley Cooper came back, which, right? Which I think also, and for Jamie Foxx to get behind him metaphorically, right? Forget eh. about that. <laughs> but I also think that that would help from a player's perspective of like he is hitting that point yeah. in his life where he should be settling down, and he should, you know, you're hitting your mid thirties. Like he's like, I, I don't get to do that, mm-hmm. and so he has a lot of other stuff on his mind. It makes sense as to why maybe he hasn't performed as well in his job the last year or two. You know, it's. Life happens. Like, shit is fluid. It is not constant. Yeah, weighing on him. Yeah, and I think having that lift off, it'd be cool. I would love to see, like, a follow-up film of that. I I want, like, a redemption story for him where he goes and wins the Super Bowl and then he retires or something. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) So... Yeah. Bradley Cooper's character be, like, in a coma. He's like, I'll win the Super Bowl for For you. (laughs) (laughs) No, Bradley's Cooper... Bradley's Cooper. Bradley's Cooper. (laughs) Bradley Cooper's character is actually um, shooting people. He joined the military. He was so moved by Julia Roberts that he joined the military, became a sniper, and went overseas. And And then shot some children. Yeah. Chick fucks.
optics. I'm not going to run down every single no. storyline. I, I don't. I think overall we've got a good sense of the film and the characters and the storytelling. I kind of just want to jump into you know some of our pieces with it. Do you think this is a chick flick? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's agreed. <laughs> yes. But why? It meets my standards. All right. The romantic tension, the three good, positive, happy songs, and a happy ending. Okay. Many happy Multiple endings. Multiple happy endings. Oh. <laughs> Is it my turn? Sure, go. Okay. Yes. I know I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm, I have to think. It was toward, a faded yes. Yeah, yeah. You said, yes. 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 <laughs> so dramatic. I know. So it... I, I wanted like a Tony Braxton song to kick off in the background for some reason. <laughs> you can add that in post. No, no, go. No. Go. <laughs> Lay down your sick beats. <laughs> Just don't look at her because then she'll get Just uncomfortable. Don't. Say you love me again. No, no, there's <laughs> other people in the room, so I'm fine. Oh, Everybody we can out. leave. We can leave. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Undo this hurt you caused when you walked out the door. Hey, it was so out much. my life. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, boy. You're radiant right now. <laughs> You're I'm, so glowing. I'm fucking embarrassed. <laughs> You're glowing, Krista. Ah, yes, because it tells the story. <sighs> I'm so bad at this. Bad at what? talking about my my definition changes so of what a chick flick is yes gotcha so this is a popcorn chick flick i think because it it do we have a new subcategory popcorn flick is a movie yeah it's a genre so like okay so it plays it safe traditionally my definition is a chick flick is a movie that is heavily marketed towards women and that tells a story that is central on an experience of being a woman I'm not going to say that the love stories here really focus on like the experience of a woman in love. Just it's so varied, but it is heavily marketed towards women. And I think it does tell love stories in a way that is female centric. Okay. I just don't want to imply that like all love stories are the experience of womanhood. Sure. It did a pretty decent job of being fairly male or male inclusive though. Yeah. Because Ashton Kutcher's character was the central for that one versus what's her face. Well, I mean, what who we hasn't her? proposed to Jessica Alba? Who hasn't, you know, who hasn't just tried? Yeah, see? I have not. We have that. Did thought you, you I thought you vetted her before she came on here. No, I just. That's de- a requirement. I, I just DM'd That her. I have to yes. propose to Jessica Alba? Yep. I am Jessica Alba. Do it oh, now. Fuck. <laughs> propose to yourself. Awkward. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you, Almighty Queen Krista. <laughs> I'm Quang. not in charge here. Quan. I, I would say I agree as to like your wise. I think that covers most bases. And yeah. Axel, along with what you've said, that it fits your requirements of a chick flick. I really like that idea of the soundtrack piece to it. Yeah. That does. Like you do have to have a good auditory piece, so which I don't think we'd really consider. We've mentioned music before, but not as part of the requirement piece at the end. So You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. We're going to steal that, by the way. Yeah, you're, you're that, welcome. It's in the waiver you're you signed. You know, that's a <laughs> you're like, eh, it needs more ABBA. <laughs> always. It always needs more ABBA. The answer is always more ABBA. <laughs> Dancing Queen specifically. I might even dance to it if it does. We'll see. Dancing while we're alone would not make me uncomfortable. 
I'm dance with lying. me, like, Krista. Sexy dancing. <laughs> oh yeah, lap dances are a fucking nightmare. No, no, no. I was thinking like just dancing. Like I, I think I'd be okay with like just spins dancing. and like, stuff. Dustin Please gets up and just me. like does the robot for you. Just see, I don't think there's the tension in that. I think if he tried to do a seductive he dance, he does it with his dick out. Again, oh, okay. there's no tension. <laughs> okay. Just, just flop it. No, I think if he tried to like lap dance or like seductively dance, I would be very uncomfortable. What if he robot twerked? <laughs> hard oh, as a can. rock. <laughs> Your heart is a rock? Yes. Okay. If you robot twerk, well then, he's going to be pregnant. You fucking laid your eggs in him. <laughs> Dustin, I'm so very sorry for all of this. Don't worry, they'll consume you from the she inside. She said with a smile. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, so now we have to... Would you recommend this to people? Surprisingly, yes. I'm not a huge... Like, I like chick flicks, but I gotta be in the mood. I would say I would probably watch this not being in the mood. Okay. That's high praise. It's pretty high, yeah, considering my fave's fifth element, so... I mean, <laughs> listen. No tea, no shade. <laughs> I would recommend it. I was pleasantly surprised by this. Again, I was very hesitant coming into this large ensemble type movie where we knew that there were going to be a lot of story threads to follow. But I feel like this one executed a little bit better without having to be two and a half hours long. This one knew that if you're going to do that, there has to be a sense of levity to most of the moments. Yeah. Because if it's two and a half hours of interconnected stories that are just fucking depressing. Mm -hmm. Drama. Yeah, like it can't be romantic like this. Well, that's just that's cra- not that's, fun. that's what Crash is. Yeah, but Crash isn't trying to tell like a story of Valentine's Day that does not involve a shooting. What about you? Would you suggest it? Yeah, if people just wanted a nice date night movie, this is not bad. It's entertaining. It's not too long. I thought the pace was good considering it's a two hour runtime. I thought it- the treble was better too. Okay. Pace and treble? Bass. Bass. I said pace. Oh, I thought you said bass. Like no. it had a good, strong foundation. No, no the pace well, that joke just was doesn't good. work now. So. <laughs> Never mind. Keep it in. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. The, the pace was good, even though it was two hours. There was a moment where we paused it and we're like, oh shit, there's an hour left. But I feel like that last half went much quicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the first half up to it didn't feel like it took so long. No, but it, they're setting up so many different stories. Absolutely. That it, yeah, it, it took drags about a whole a hour to be introduced to everyone. Yeah. And they did a good job of, as you were introducing, you got little moments of everybody's thing. So it wasn't like ever coming in just like clean slate. I felt like it did a better job. It didn't take to the halfway point for yeah. us to understand all of the connections. I feel yeah. like they did a really good job. You have that locked down in the first like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. That's where mm-hmm. sometimes it's films like this, they take too long setting it up or it's too convoluted or they leave one out because they're trying to pull a red herring or like surprise you with something. I mean, where did this, this come one, from? So this one did leave one out. Like one storyline. We didn't know what the connection was till the very end. The Julia Roberts. Oh, yes. But that they were really good with that reveal. That, that was and worth it. And it was fast. Yes. Yeah. And it didn't need explanation afterwards. No. Yeah. No. You know what they could have done? They could have like had it like in the background of some scenes to, to see that she was in military and then make you think she died in combat or something. And then turns out, no. Well, then I guess if they would have done that, seeing her on the plane in her uniform would have given that away. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A.
Politics. Some fun facts. I've already run through, you know, some other people that have mm-hmm. uh, auditioned for some of the roles or turned it down, you know, were offered roles and turned it down. Okay, so here's your one. So Julia Roberts had 250 words actually shown on film. She reportedly received a $3 million paycheck, which works out to $11,000, $11,952 for every word. <laughs> oh my. I want her job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's better than the adult phone entertainer job. True. Much better. True. Yeah, but the adult phone entertainers is more fun. This is... Granted. I like shitty Russian accents. Like, that's kind of my kink. <laughs> that was pretty it cool. Ju- it just depends on how much money you want. <laughs> Good day to be big man. <laughs> Strong like bear. Strong um, like bear. Uh, this features one of the largest ensemble casts in Hollywood history. It also had the second biggest opening for a ro- romantic comedy, just behind Sex and the City from 2008. Uh, this opened with $57 million at the time. This movie is much better than the Sex and the City movie. And I like the Sex and the City movie. I have not seen it, nor do I ever want to. Oh, it's fun. I have hesitated to say anything about it, simply because I don't want There's to. There's an extended um, scene where one of them shits their pants. That like does not make me style. want to watch it more. <laughs> Yeah, I know. She knows my type of humor, though. It, it kind of piques my interest. Yeah. So, you know the flaccid dick showering scene in Sex and the City, the movie? It's been a while since I saw There's it. There's only a part where, like, they turn a corner and there's a guy showering underneath, like, a waterfall. And it just, oh, yeah, yeah, And it yeah, yeah, literally yeah. just frames his dick into the, into yeah. the whole shot. Is it Mr. Big? No. no it's just oh, some, okay. like, some guy. Yeah. And I walked in because I had a complaint about someone talking loud. And the second I turned the corner in the theater, <laughs> dick. It was like... Oh, okay. Is that like big blue penis from that one uh, superhero movie? No, it's... The Watchmen? Uh, it, it was much more in your face than Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. <laughs> was it... At, did they actually show the penis? Yeah. The, okay. There's like five whole seconds where it takes up the entire screen. And I think that was them trying to make a statement, but it's just a flaccid dick. Carter Jenkins, who played the boyfriend with the flowers and the guitar, learned how <laughs> to play guitar for the role. No, he didn't. You could tell. Which, it worked. It was simple chords, but still, it's yeah. a, was it was a teenager writing a song. Maybe he should have taken singing lessons, too. <laughs> there were moments filmed here. Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway, when they were on their date on Valentine's Day, was shot in the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which is the same hotel from Pretty Woman. I really appreciated that scene. Like that, I did, too. That dinner restaurant scene was a lot of fun. Where they were all at the same table. Like, yeah. As like, random people. And like, it was like the spit take. Like, like pigs to a trough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Th- I didn't think about that imagery, but now. Oh yeah, they were it's lined very up. Much like they were lined up. This is the capitalistic bent sure. to this holiday, sure. where it's not genuine. Which is why that's when they have the hardest trouble connecting. It's the cheap table and the yeah. early seating. The cheap yeah. and early seating. Yep. Listen, yep. listen. Valentine's Day is celebrated day after we can get all the candy for cheap. That's true. Dustin and I always get Chinese on Valentine's Day. Is that like Christmas? You get Chinese on Christmas? No, but we should. Rachel McAdams and Elizabeth Banks both auditioned for Morley. <laughs> and Julia Stiles auditioned for the role of Kara, which is the Jessica Beale role, the one who threw the anti-Valentine's Day party. And okay. Catherine Heigl was considered for a role, but was dropped because of salary demands, which we have spoken about Catherine Heigl and her height in the rom-com genre yeah, about yeah, yeah. this time. Uh, and her decline follows swiftly after this. Yeah. Because she had a good run for a few years, and then those things started happening. Who'd she consi- who was it she considered say for? Okay. Here. And then the last bit that I wanted to run through is, uh, I thought I found this to be the most impressive, is at the time that the movie was released, 
the star-studded cast had collectively been nominated for 16 acting Oscars during their careers, including four wins. The nominations are shared by actors and actresses Kathy Bates with three, Jamie Foxx with two, Anne Hathaway with one, Queen Latifah with one, Shirley MacLaine with six, and Julia Roberts with three. At the time of filming, That's I'm cool. wondering if that number has gone up. I think Anne it has because Anne Hathaway got more. another one for Rachel getting married for Les Mis. Yeah, I thought she also got uh, one for Rachel getting I, married. I don't know. Huh. I don't know what that movie is. So huh. it's about Rachel getting married. Um, all right, there you go. <laughs> it's, about, it's about you, really. <laughs> I was like, "That's fucking impressive." Yeah, I love the fact that of the people in that list, only one of them was a man. Yeah. I, again, powerhouse yeah. throughout this movie. This I movie mean, felt like it was made with love. It does. Like, it does, which I feel like you get often from this director. Yeah. He doesn't do movies just for cash grabs. There is a sense of genuineness. genuineness yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going to find any reason to work with Julia Roberts that I can. Last thing that we need to do, we need to rate it as a chick flick on a scale of one to ten. Where are you putting this? Alex, we'll start with you. I'd give it a seven. You stole my number. It's my number. <laughs> you can also use seven. <laughs> <laughs> I would say seven as well. I'm going eight. I'm going to go with eight. Mostly for me, the big thing is... It's too all over the place to have one nice, consistent storyline where you can give it a perfect score for a movie in general. Yeah. So it, There's a lot going on. For, yeah, not enough dedication for one story. You don't get as much depth as I think you want. There's just enough to make it a satisfying watch, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not like, holy shit, that was fucking amazing. You know, that that's mm-hmm. my 10. Yeah. You don't really get attached to any of them. Right. I'm very attached to fucking Franklin. <laughs> um, Phrasing? No. Okay. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Krista wants to fuck Franklin. No. Um, his name you is said fucking, fucking Franklin. Franklin. <laughs> yeah, I'm attached to fucking Franklin. That's his name. Oh, okay. If I said I'm attached to Julia Roberts, you wouldn't make it weird. Because it's not weird to be to want to be attached to Julia Roberts. No, it's the name. I didn't name him. That was God. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, some intern in the writing room. Name this child. Um, <laughs> let's go around and does anybody have any plugs, any projects you're working on where people can find you? Shout out you want to do. I'm good. Anything, anything, anything? No? Not all these right. days. Well, in that case, thank you all very much. Axel, thank you for joining us. Thanks. It was fun. Hope you had a good time. Next time we'll do a shit one. Yes. So that you can have even more fun. <laughs> Is this so we get be- to roast? We get to yes. roast? Yeah. You get to roast the movie. You go, what the fuck did I just watch? Ooh. I died on the inside. All right. Hey, thank you, everybody, for joining. You're welcome. Thank you, all the listeners. Be sure to go like, subscribe, click, follow, rate. Unless you're giving us a bad rating, then go fuck yourselves. You can keep that to yourself. <laughs> Fives are nothing. Fives are nothing, baby. Any publicity is good publicity. I disagree <laughs> when it comes to, like, the algorithms that, that these fucking generators use. But That is true. That uh, is true. Yes. Thank you. Peace. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.